Too many who know the angles Uncover and untangle All the questions and the webs left out to tangle be in Dan Gavazdan, and I own every issue of Amazing Spider-Man, including the annuals, which I say count. I mean, I, pretty declaratively, I say that. Oh, you say that then. Well, I'm mischievous Mark Giannacchio, and I too own every issue of Amazing Spider-Man, but I say the annuals don't count, Dan. Well, it looks like we are eternally pushing this rock up the hill of... <laughs> discovery over how we feel about this. Agree well, to disagree. Welcome. <laughs> yes, agree to disagree. Welcome to the Amazing Spider Talk, everyone. The show where two fans and collectors uncover the strange, fun, and fascinating history of the Spider-Man comic universe. Thank you for joining us for this review episode of the Amazing Spider Talk, where we, I'm sure you can guess it, review a new Amazing Spider-Man comic. <laughs> very, very, very good explanation, Dan. Today on the show, Dan and I are going to be discussing Amazing Spider-Man Volume 5, Number 71, Legacy Number 872. This issue was written by Nick Spencer with art by Federico Vincentini and Federico Sabatini. Colors by Alex Sinclair and letters by VCs Joe Caramanga. And then the cover is by Mark Bagley, John Dell, and Brian Reber. The issue was first released on July 28th, 2021. Dan... Have we ever seen Federico Vincentini and Federico Sabatini in the same room at the same time? I ask you that. No, but I've seen their artwork and I think it's pretty distinctly different. I don't know. Okay, (laughs) fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) What's Uh, so, Mark, this is our first amazing Spider-Man, you know, part of this Sinister War story. L- going into these, I expected the Sinister War stuff to be the kind of like big brawly books where like you got your splashy action and amazing Spider-Man to be kind of like the core kindred part of the story where we got the more kind of emotional stuff and the more character oriented thing and maybe all the big reveals I don't know, Mark, was that your expectation heading into this? Yeah, I think it's a fair one. That kind of seems to be the template we've been getting uh, all along with the Spencer event books. So, like, I don't know how you felt about this, but I, I felt like this book was kind of a casualty of that format because I feel like there's a certain number of reveals and revelations that are probably going to come down the pike. You know, if you're balancing these two books and making them kind of like crest at the same time is a tricky task. For any writer, not you know, much less one that's putting out books at this speed. You know, I kind of feel like this was a, a victim of maybe kind of having to wait to pace things out a little bit. And it still feels like more repeated beats and setup. There's a few new wrinkles here, 
but I felt like this was like a hurry up and wait kind of issue. Basically, I mean, for me, this this felt very, very much like a stall issue. You know, yes, Sinister War number one wasn't perfect, but I mean, it was kind of frenetic and chaotic and you had lots of Spider-Man action and lots of villains. And we kind of like use this to tune in more with MJ and Mysterio and and Mephisto, not Mephisto, uh, Kindred. Like you said, we, we we've been we've been circling these plot beats and these thematic these themes and you know Kindred's monologuing and riddle talking. We've been circling these beats for years now, literally. So like it doesn't nothing feels new or fresh here. I mean, yes, there are some wrinkles, but like it, it's also subtle and nuanced. And it's like you know the first issue of this series being Sinister War Number One was anything but nuanced, and I kind of like that it wasn't nuanced. I like that it was just kind of like here's a bunch of crap flying at the wall because all these guys are fighting each other. And this was the complete antithesis of that. And I think from a structure and tone standpoint, it suffered as a result. I just feel like this is like the boy who cried sins. You, you, you know, it's like I, I, I have gone so long hearing Kindred repeat, it's time for you to face your sins. It's time for you to face your sins. And it's like the wolf isn't here. Like, nobody's faced their sins in a way that I can coherently make out yet. And I know that this is the story where it's actually going to happen. And yet I still feel a little bit like exhausted by it. Like uh, how many more pages of like Spider-Man, you don't know what's coming, you know, like, uh, you know, like in terms of like setting a theme and a tone, it works. It's just, we've been setting this theme and tone for so long that it's like, yeah, I get it. Like let, let, let's move on. And I think also like Peter is hardly in this issue doesn't help it, especially in comparison to, to Sinister War number one, where I felt like that was very Peter driven. This feels like more of like Mary Jane's book or just kind of like the catching up on loose ends. And that's just not as entertaining as reading one where the protagonist is driving the action. I mean, we do get some Peter Man, Peter Man, Spider-Man versus Sinister Six action. There's actually one sequence where he's fighting off both Lizard and the Sandman, which is really well done. I mean, what do you what do you think about some of the action we got here? And especially what do you think about the art with it? Well, I mean, I think Federico Vincentini, you know, is so wonderful. You know, this guy has been delivering us. I mean, he's really good at capturing motion, you know, like the motion of a fight. I mean, he does these like jagged lines and textures to kind of like showcase impacts and speed. And anybody that got our art from him, from our Patreon, saw it with, like, the way he depicted Dr. Octopus's tentacles in that piece. You know, here it is, too. And I thought that the, like, him fighting Dr. Octopus and the lizard and Sandman was really exciting pages. Like, I, I want to see, I almost wish this guy was doing Sinister War. As much as I like Bagley stuff, the kind of controlled chaos and clean layouts that Vincentini does, look... You might not get much plot out of this book, but I thought the action sequence here with Peter was, I mean, it's only, what, three, four pages, maybe? Like, as much as I love Bagley's work on Sinister War, those four pages to me were more exciting than anything we got in terms of action in, in that other book. So I'll take what I can get. That was a really cool scene. And seeing, like, Salmon just, like, blast him out of the building is, like, the kind of, you know, epic Sandman stuff that I, that I want. And Lizard on top of him with his tongue, like on Spider-Man's face. I mean, there's so much character 
in these moments, it's hard to complain when Vincentini's drawing stuff. Kind of moving off that scene, we do get some more background with like Mysterio's journey from from hell to earth. I do think it's important to note here for, you know, you kindred speculators that when Mysterio is kind of recounting his journey and and kindred first appears to him, he appears as Harry Osborne. So like, you know, I know there's like this theory going around, oh, is it only that Peter and Norman see Harry as kindred and that's why there's the second Harry in the jail cell? I mean, it, it 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 appears pretty clearly that this demon is Harry Osborn of some iteration here, right? I mean, like, are we are we still questioning this, Dan, or do you think this kind of settles the score on that? I don't think we're questioning it. Although, if I wanted to no prize it, I would say like like no prize it and make it into like what other people are saying. I would say that like Mysterio was the one that kind of ferreted. Harry Osborne away to Europe and faked his death. So like there is a connection between those characters if you wanted to still cling to that theory. But I think like we are very clearly in the realm of two Harry Osborns from the brand new day and uh, spectacular 200 stuff. Although that gets a little bit fudged here in an interesting way, which we could definitely talk about. But I I think your point is well made. Like, this seems very definitively to be Harry Osborne. Yeah. And then, you know, as Mysterio kind of monologues to MJ, we do get, like, I think what we would refer to as official confirmation that Kindred is indeed a demon from hell. I mean, we don't know that he works for Mephisto, but he's definitely a demon from hell. Like, again, can't can't really argue that. I right. mean, we've kind of been dancing around it, but this is like really solid, like, the hell imagery is pretty uh, vivid here. I also really enjoyed seeing that, like the daredevil appearance in this issue. I thought that was kind of neat, like you know that we got all that canon stuff like really laid out in this way. Yeah, I think a lot of people forget that you know Mysterio's current journey kind of started back in Kevin Smith's Daredevil. Frankly, you know Kevin Smith killing off. Mysterio in that book, I think, actually pissed a lot of people off. So, <laughs> yeah. Although Spencer doesn't seem to want to shy away from stories that piss people off. <laughs> so there no, you go. No, no, no. You know, it's it's an interesting sequence, and like again, like it's we. In, in some ways, I feel like all of this info that's being, you know, all this exposition. I think one way or another can can be assumed, but I guess it's worth something that it's being stated so clearly now that subtext is text now. Right. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, like to the extent that Spencer is trying to expand on like Kindred's influence over Mysterio. Like there's this bit in here that suggests that like the universe hopping powers or abilities or tech that he, that Mysterio got that allowed him to like be in the ultimate universe and ultimately in the uh, Spider-Man book was related to Kindred. I mean, I don't really know how that works out, but, uh, you know, I, I guess if he was brought back from the dead, you know, that's all related in some way. But it, it did definitely send, like, a little shiver up my spine because I was like, please don't bring universe-hopping stuff into all this. I really don't want Kindred to be an alternate universe Harry Osborne or anything like that. Like, please, no. But I did think it was interesting that, like, it's... You know, it's the kind of thing that writers do where they're like, oh, I'm going to stake my territory. 
I'm going to wrap in other people's stories into my nonsense. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, like he's 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 pulling it all the way back now with with Mysterio and Kindred, which is a, it's an it's an interesting move. We'll see. We'll see how this plays off. Speaking of reaching into the past, <laughs> you might even call it the sins past. Now, Dan, I did not notice this. And, you know, I know, you know, I don't know how much credit you want to take for this, A, because, I, you know, it sounds like you got this information from somebody else, but also like who truly wants to take credit for referring to sins past. But tell us what we saw in this comic. Yeah. So like Norman is presented with this key as part of like uh, Mendel Strom, right? The, the robot master who died fairly early in this run, apparently in his will, he and Norman go way back, right? Like different tech developed for, for them. Mendel always feels like Norman ripped him off, but you know, he so kind in his will as to bequeath a like very fancy key to Norman Osborn. And I don't know how you felt reading this Mark, because like I was looking at that key and immediately I thought of, I think where this is going, but it, it did seem very strange because I'm like, I don't remember keys and Norman relating to each other in any way. So Norman gets on a plane and flies presumably to like Europe and stands outside of this mansion. And I immediately thought of the sins past stuff, but then it was Jason from Savannah in our spider slack who like found the exact image from the sins past book and showed it there. And it is the same mansion from there. Now, I don't know if the implication is that we're going to get some sins past thing. It does say you're going to face your sins. It seems obvious. You know, I think you could maybe no prize that like that's his mansion in Europe where Harry lived and he's going to face whatever he did with Harry there. But it, like we have had Nick Spencer acknowledge the existence of sins past in his run. And recently. During, uh, yeah, fairly recently. So, you know, maybe we're going there. We're going to touch the third rail of Spider-Man or we're going to touch all of them. We're going to touch one more day, the marriage and the past all in one go. And first of all, I, I mean, however you feel about that is how you feel about that. But I do think like I wanted to note there's like a moment later in this issue where we have kind of like Harry looking back on like his past. There's this idea that like memory or not not Harry looking back it's MJ looking back on her past and it's like the suggestion that like past memories can lead you astray and it shows like the gang at the coffee bean and if you remember those like issues from the absolute carnage crossover where like it seemed to suggest that like memories from their past were not quite as innocent as we remember them being and kindred has always been like this character about like I will protect the innocence from Spider-Man like you're the reason all these people were put in danger you know I wonder if like there's going to be an assertion here of like Gwen's innocence being truly destroyed in the sins past story and blaming that on Spider-Man like to me I wonder if that's the thing that Kindred has been getting at all this time is like he somehow blames Norman and Gwen and that whole interaction on Spider-Man in some way that's truly the cardinal sin that we're, we're after rectifying here. I, I, I don't know. I mean, like I had been willing to push the sins past stuff aside for a very long time. But here, like th th this kind of like one panel about like the past not being as innocent as you remember it being and this influence with like sins past and its mansion. 
I, I wonder if that's ultimately where we're going. How, how do you feel about all this, Mark? I mean, since past was such a terrible story. I mean, like, that's the bottom line. It's it's a terrible story. And, you know, like, there's a part of me that wish it just got retconned away forever because it just like I, 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 I don't like what it says about a lot of things. And I know that's a terrible reason to not like a story. But like to me, like it just kind of crosses lines that shouldn't have been crossed. And it's and its existence kind of just kind of mocks it. What you just kind of proposed there also in the context of this story makes sense. And it, it does seem to kind of be building to something in that vein. So, you know, it's kind of like, let's see. I still think this is this dangerous territory because like, it's just such an abhorrent story. Like, I mean, to me, it's one of the worst stories to ever be published in Spider-Man. I, you know, well, like, I mean, you it's know. funny. All of these things are, you know what I mean? Like we like we are wading into like major deep end, like people being pissed off about Harry's death being undone. People who hate that story or hate one more day or hate sins past. Like we're, we're very much wading into all of those territories. Different people are going to have a different emotional response of like repulsion here, because I think for some people like for me and we've talked about this at length in the past, so I'm not going to break it down for anyone anymore but like you know one more day does not offend my sensibilities the way since past does so like for me like mining into one more day or mining into harry osborne returning is nowhere close to the 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 danger zone is mining since past so you know and it kind of like seems to be like a theme of the content of the books itself. I mean, you know, each character, the past is not, is not as innocent as you remember it. So it's like, you know, everyone's, everyone's version of what was the worst of Spider-Man is different, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be interesting to navigate. I mean, like I'm, I I am, I am legitimately intrigued, but not, you know, not in a like, Oh, I'm so happy that they're going there. It's more like, all right, Let's see it. <laughs> like, this is a bold step. Let's see if you can actually make this work and make sense of this. So it's like going into a therapy. It's like, you know, it's going to happen, but you're not you're not excited about it. <laughs> you know, like we're going to get this tumor removed, you know, like like potentially we don't really like we said, we don't know where this is going. But anyway, so, hey, speaking of retcons and there's this whole inference that like MJ went to a therapist after Gwen's death that then ultimately the therapist left and she ended up going to Ludwig Reinhardt. And, you know, in the text of the comic, it suggested that MJ doesn't remember this at all because I don't remember this at all. And so I'm willing to go like, okay, if she doesn't remember it, then I certainly don't need to have known about this, but I don't really remember her going to a therapist post Gwen I think this is like retroactive like the closeness of Gwen and and MJ because like that's you know I never read them as like the bestie besties yeah no I mean they were kind of frenemies I would say I don't want I don't want to wade too deep into this because you know it's clearly it's clearly a retcon either way and this is now the you know this is now what the plot says so you know whether you agree or disagree whatever but like i mean like there's also a part of me that's like is mj the type to do therapy especially at that stage in her life i mean like i think i think mj would be in therapy now 
that she's more mature, but like, you know, more around like, spectacular 200 as it's, it's suggested here. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's a strange read for me. So we'll, 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 that's all I can say. I mean, like it's, it's a, it's an interesting retcon. I mean, you know, it seems a little too convenient, but you know, whatever. It is interesting. Like Mysterio suggests like that he's planted seeds in her mind as Ludwig. And it makes me wonder, like, are we getting into the territory of like false memories? You know, we've been talking about this whole dreamy kind of writing and things like that. Like, I wonder if, if like there's, there's going to be retconning and things associated with like implanted memories. There's something definitely more going on about like why Ludwig Reinhardt slash Mysteria would be providing therapy to Mary Jane. Like there's going to be some trigger involved. I'm not, I'm not sure what it is, but it's certainly interesting. This also happened to be the part of the book where it, the artwork switched over from Vincentini to Sabatini. Uh, any thoughts on that, Dan? I mean, I found it startling. I mean, it's a bummer. We can't really get like a whole book from Vincentini uh, as of recent. I mean, imagine stuff is coming in quick and they're fi- patching it together. But like, it's a bummer that we're getting so many issues of this that are like, they're patchwork pieces. And it, it, it makes me worried about the Beyond era. Uh, I hope that they increase their artist team so that they can like pace it out appropriately to let them finish stuff. I mean, I don't... I, as an editor, I'll say like artists aren't entirely reliable. I, I, I don't know if I don't want to put that on Vincentini's feet here because I think the work he did do is really great. And, you know, they did seem to plan around it okay, but it is a big step down, I think. And, you know, it's not that the pages are bad, they're just not on the caliber I expect from a book like Amazing Spider Man. You know, we've got like Harry and Carly and it's just really lacking in detail. And it seems like something pushed up against the schedule. So uh, I don't know. We do shift over to the other two characters that have not, they, that were really not featured that prominently in Sinister World One. And that is Carly Cooper and Harry Osborne Lyman. I mean, I'm going to call him Lyman here for argument's sake, because I feel this is Harry Lyman uh, <laughs> versus what whatever Kindred is. So this was this was a weird sequence in a lot of ways. So first you kind of have Harry who just seems like completely defeated and demoralized and you know it's I kind of also find it interesting that when he talks he's only he's even kind of using like the this is not real kind of language that we were referring to uh in Sinister War number 1 coming from Peter a lot of the times. I mean like you know again like all of these characters talking about reality that are kind of you know, tied to, you know, the the Mephisto snap, if you will, that happened in, in One More Day. I don't know. That seems the language seems pointed and, and, and intentional to me. Did, did you get that read from this? I mean, when you suggested it in our notes, I went back and reread it and I, I can see where you're getting at. I mean, I, my initial impression was really just like that Harry has gotten to the point that he's been, like you said, so demoralized that he can never trust in any of the improvements that he can make in his life. Like there's always some force to there to drag him back, you know, and, and we see a number of instances where like he feels like he's made improvements in his life and he's always dragged back. And I think that's certainly like in character for Harry. 
as much as I'm not like necessarily a fan of it, because I, I really liked that we spent all this time in the Dan slot run, allowing the character to grow up a little bit that like dragging him back inherently feels like, Oh, we just want to regress the character. Uh, 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 you know, not to say you shouldn't do that, but I did feel like that, that those improvements made in the slot run were well earned. And it, it feels kind of like upsetting just to see them. So him so demoralized and so weak after becoming a strong character, it feels like, you know, you took like, several hundred issues of journey and undid it in like two issues. So it's disappointing, even if I feel like it's you know accurate, but that was my read was just like, here's a guy that finally felt like he had escaped like the maw of this. And now he's just right back where he was and feeling a weak, impotent person again. So, but then you have a really weird turn where I like say, speaking of weak and impotent. <laughs> yeah, like the oops, the door is open. The the door to their cell has been open this whole time. One I don't know. I mean like that that leaned more into the reality breaking for me because it's like did he like like was this like a dream fulfillment thing? Like he just wished it open or like him saying it makes it true or they in like a dream realm? Like like what a weird beat. Oh yeah. I, I've just been hanging out in here cause the door has been open the whole time. I mean, I guess it suggests that he's super impotent enough that he wouldn't even care to walk out the door, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, what was your read on that? I thought it was really bizarre moment. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't really have a theory as to what happened, but it, it seems very awkward and clumsy, both from a writing and from a visual standpoint. I did not really like it. <laughs> for lack of to be like a like a prisoner to his own cowardice like i i, I, yeah, yeah, I didn't know how I to mean, read it yeah it it, it 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 was tough and needed to me needed more defining than what we got so that brings us back to kindred this to me this is very interesting stuff and kind of plays into a theme that we've been getting a lot with kindred so he's in the ambulance where harry osborne dies and to me like it just I, you know, maybe I'm stating the obvious here, but like it's, it seems to me that Kindred's memories as Harry seem to just end at Spectacular 200 where Harry dies. I mean, I know we got that one allusion to Brand New Day, but like we don't know if that was necessarily Kindred or not that we were seeing there. I don't know. I, 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 but like it just seems interesting to me that, you know, and this comes up again and again when like Harry or when Kindred is kind of reminiscing about the memories and it, it just seems like Harry's story for him stops at spectacular 200. So take, take from that what you will from a narrative standpoint. What I didn't really, I mean, the thing that makes me really perplexed is he keeps referencing the end of the story and having a sort of like hero's end, but then he's still angry and I don't understand why he got the hero's ending that he seems to appreciate and acknowledge, but then has this like other latent anger. And I guess that's the thing we've been waiting to find out all these issues is like, what is truly the thing that's making him so angry? If he even got like a hero's end, which he acknowledges here. So I, yeah, I want to know what that thing is. I mean, we wanted to know what that thing is for a very long time, you know, but like here it seems to at least eliminate. It's like, no, he's actually acknowledging that like Spider-Man allowed him to die a hero. And this is an interesting scene, I think, as short as it is. And then that brings us back to Mysterio and MJ. And again, like, uh, you know, before even before Kindred shows up here with MJ, 
I feel like there's this like the way Mysterio is talking. It's kind of like he, it's almost like he's saying goodbye to MJ and like, you know, we're probably not going to talk again because one of us is going to be dead. I don't know. Like I, it, it could just be building drama because it's comics. But I don't know. It's just this foreboding tone that keeps coming up again and again in these stories about that's kind of like, you know, ominous about the future of these characters and their interactions with each other. If I had to point like at one of the two of them and say who's got the end of their story, I would say Mysterio, right? Like we're returning to the place of his birth here, the Hollywood studio, which I think was really wonderfully rendered by Vincentini. Like to me, it feels like Mysterio's journey is kind of coming to an end if, of anybody, you know, like he tried to have this redemptive moment for himself, but ultimately got pulled back into his old ways because he can't escape the devil in, in some way. And he's revisiting with MJ, his new friend, you know, the place where he drew his greatest inspiration from. Like, I know that you might, it might want you to think that MJ is truly in trouble here, but I, I would point the direction at Mysterio if I, if I had to point it one way. And then we get that moment I referred to earlier about like them suggesting the past wasn't quite so innocent. So yeah, and then we get to the final page of the book where Kindred kind of comes out of nowhere and confronts MJ. And, you know, I got to say, Vincentini's Kindred is absolutely terrifying. I think he draws the most disturbing looking version of this guy. We're, we're getting there. I feel like we've been at this moment before, right? Like, wasn't this the whole bit in in Last Remains? You know, like, uh, we're actually going to get it this time, whatever it is. So Yeah, finally for um, real, we swear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, not a lot happened. Like, this in this issue, it seems to just, like, checking in on all these, like, various threads and, like, maybe clarifying them more than updating them. You know, what kind of grade did you give this book? Yeah, I mean, I gave it a B minus. You know, like, I, I didn't dislike anything in it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I it, it feels, yeah, I mean, it definitely feels like a stall, which is frustrating, but I don't know, like, just based on the placement of things, like, maybe just, like, reasonably, this thing is going to end soon, <laughs> whether, whether they're still stalling or not. Like, I mean, like, I, I can't imagine the Kindred storyline is going to go into the, the post-Nick Spencer era. But you know what? Maybe maybe I'm just setting myself up to have like a big rage temper tantrum on this podcast in a couple of months. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. If that happens, I will totally allow you to just scream into the microphone for <laughs> X amount of time. I'm giving this one a C plus. I thought the artwork was like strong when it was Vincentini. And I just am tired of the stall, you know, and... I understand pacing and stuff, but I'm tired of the stall. Beautiful the artwork is, it's like, all right, I get it. Like, I kind of feel as like cool as some of the updates seem. I also kind of feel like I'm being talked down to a little bit. Yeah, I get that. I guess for me, there's been worse iterations of the stall in this series recently. So like, it's, I don't know. (laughs) C plus for me is slightly above average. So, you know, like we don't get art like Vincentini every issue. So uh, that, that pushes me up a little bit. Well then, Dan, it sounds like it's that time, time for all good things to come to an end. So we want to say thank you to you, the listeners and viewers who tuned in to this episode of the amazing spider talk. Yeah, uh, just a special thank you to all the people that helped make this show possible. This show was edited by Rick Coast with 
Production support from Andy Myers. Our artwork comes handcrafted by some of our favorite artists, Ron Friends, Sal Busema, and Ray Semzer. And of course, our theme songs were produced by Ryland Bojack, Tony Thaxton, and Spider Madge. This episode was originally released on Patreon as a live stream hangout with us back when the comic was first released. So if you enjoyed this and you want to help support our show and get these reviews way ahead of time, right when the issue is released to, into the stores, why not uh, sign up for our Patreon and, and join us on this journey? Um, you can get a bunch of episodes downloaded straight into your feed. You know, at this point in time, we're probably talking about Spider-Man Beyond. So, so why not get all, all caught up? In the meantime, though, Mark, until I drag you kicking and screaming out of hell, what's our motto? Ooh, that that sounds that sounds like a fun time, Dan. Uh, our motto, of course, is with great podcasts, there must also come the amazing spider talk. Don't, don't miss the next installment.